What's up, guys? What are you doing here? Why, why aren't you with Eleanor? Oh, I told her I was going to the gym again. Why would you say that in the middle of a party? You told me to. No, I didn't. You said if Eleanor tries to confess that she doesn't belong here, find a reason to avoid her. Like saying, I'm going to the gym. So that's what I've been saying. That was a suggestion of the type of thing you could say. Don't... How many times have you specifically told her you were going to the gym? Five. No, nine. You do it. Hey, man. I was perfectly happy in my old job in the twisting department. People came in, and I twist them until they snapped in half, and I move on to the next one. But this job is weird. It's all talk, no twisting. So if you don't like the way I do it, get somebody else. I'm going to the gym. Fine, yeah, you do that. You go to the gym. Zach, do you live in the old third time's a charm thingy? No, I think if if you didn't do something right two times in a row, you're probably you just stop. you're not good at that thing. Don't yeah. do it. I think two tries and you're done. I'm I'm in that camp as well. No, I'm in the camp of yeah, do try it twice and get out of town. <laughs> get the fuck out, yeah. Well it depends on the thing, because like third time's the charm when it comes to like trying to woo a woman or something. If she's turned you down twice, you should stop liking all her Instagram photos. But yeah. if you're like trying to be a level in a game and you die sure. twice, you can keep going. I, I also feel like there's some truth to if any one person does something a hundred times, they're going to get the positive outcome one time. And I don't think that means you're skilled. I just think you did it a bunch of times. It's true. If I'm like trying to do the the bottle flip thing that kids were doing years ago. Kids. I'd hit it once, I'm sure. I wouldn't know. Oh, Steven, I'd hit it once, Baker. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show everyone the when well, no, i was about to say the good place god damn it do i even know what show i'm hosting ba, right now ba, ba, ba. welcome to into the time knife a good place rewatch very excited to be back to continue down season two's path we're talking about the second episode of season two today chapter 15 of the show hi everybody i'm zach i'm steven you know what i should have done what uh previously on and then i could have gone so really metal with it, with it. Or like Dragon Ball Z with it, and either way would be fun. Well, go ahead. Let's hear it. Let's not have fun together. Do you want... <laughs> Dealer's choice. <laughs> Previously, on Into the Time Knife with Zach and Steven, a Good Place Rewatch podcast. <laughs> hey, Zach, I'm so excited to talk about season two. <laughs> You're right, this isn't fun. Everyone, no. I want to start off the show by shouting out our patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Those people are, of course, Danny M. Lugo, Mary Baker Budisa, Brian Thurman, and Autumn Marsh. Steven, what do you have to Which say? One's your All favorite four of them are looking week? at you. This week, I'm starting to think Danny and I have like this thing going a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I feel like she's been giving me the Patreon side eyes. Yeah. So uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm stepping in. I'm trying to break your home. I am coming to Chicago soon. Maybe you've got to be worried about this little spinster stepping <laughs> into your home. How do you feel about that? Uh, you know, Zach, you are notoriously seductive, and yeah, I feel notoriously. Like there's kind of that element of like you know when you see a celebrity, mm -hmm. and in my home, you are as close to a celebrity as anyone could be. I've got your autograph. I've you got talk about of me your a lot. Fluids. 
around that I bought and sell on eBay. The shrine is a lot as well. I am going to maliciously take you out one day uh, <laughs> in a crime of love, but not for another few years. Me, so you're safe. Danny are about to literally reenact the room, and I'm Greg <laughs> Sestero. <laughs> <laughs> guys patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast it's a good time to sign up starting at five dollars a month you can get all of our exclusive podcasts including currently our weekly that 70s show rewatch podcast the basement you get our weekly live you can't disappoint show and coming up soon on may 15th steven and i will be in person together on camera for the first time in our podcasting career to do the 100th episode of you can't disappoint show that'll have a lot going on on the patreon so sign up for that but will culminate in a free live stream where steven and i will be taking on the 10 wings of death hot one style we're doing the 10 hot one sauces we're asking each other 10 spicy questions for the 100th you can't disappoint show on may 15th so follow us on any of our twitters for any of our shows and you'll hear more about that soon what do you have to say about that buddy you know i think i have to be honest with everyone the not ones was not our first choice we were gonna Hmm. do a beyond scared straight situation (laughs) Mm -hmm. but the cook county correctional uh, facility did let us know that if they catch us we are never getting out our crimes against humanity are too great for any sort of yeah. internet jest. <laughs> yeah, Cook County was a maybe at first, but they had to <laughs> respectfully decline. So we've decided to go with the Sean Evans things. Yeah, he's from Chicago. Close so enough. join us May 15th, live from Chicago. Zach and Steven, not ones. Live from Chicago, it's really Saturday fun. night! What else do we got to talk about? Oh, if you like us, if you like all of our podcasts, starting now for free not on Patreon. Every Thursday, you can hear our Cowboy Bebop rewatch podcast, Brokeback Bebop. That's streaming yes, you can. now, so go check it out. Go give it a listen. It's great. Steven, how are you? How's your week? You know, celebrated a national holiday. Mm, I uh, sure. saw the Mario movie. I uh, Overall, Zach, it was a busy week. Mm-hmm. I, I worked hard and I played hard this last week. What was the height of the work and the height of the play, would you say? Uh, high to the work. Not much. Taught, taught some good lessons. Coming up zeros. We have for like, work uh, fulfillment. <laughs> we had uh, somebody visiting our studio that was a, a dancer that I looked up to. And, wow. Uh, so I got to Alfonso Ribeiro. Alfonso Ribeiro himself was there. That's Not incredible. Unusual. Wow. Carlton. So that was fun. That was work highlight. Play highlight. I went and saw the new Evil Dead movie. Oh, you didn't tell me that. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I, I went on... It, it technically came out the 21st, but I went on the 20th because I took nice. the day off work. And I went and saw it in a theater. It was it was the first showing of it that it was in Chicago, at least at this theater. So I was part of the first batch of, of, of normal people cool. to see it that didn't get an early screening. That's one that I... I'm not really into that type of horror mm-hmm. gore. I like horror movies, but the kind of realistic body horror isn't always very fun for me to watch. Mm-hmm. But I did watch a couple of videos explaining all of the scenes because I'm curious about what happened. It sounded nice. pretty gnarly. It was. There was like a moment where there's like an eyeball and a tattoo gun. Mm-hmm. And, uh-huh. and the whole theater was like, Ugh. what would you give it out of 10? Evil Dead Rise. I'm kind of a, a snotty bitch sometimes when it comes to my horror. We know. But I would give it a six Steven, and a half. snotty bitch. A six, six and, and a half? half out of ten. That's pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah. That's pretty good. It was not 
all that I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. But if it were 15 minutes shorter, it could have gotten a seven. Okay. The ad campaign made it look like it was going to be pretty spooky. Yeah, there were some pretty... The thing that did a disservice, though, mm-hmm. was some of the trailers were a little bit scarier than the movie. Like, there was a really scary one. I don't remember what for, but there was a, a real spooky trailer beforehand where I was like, oh, shit. I feel like that happens for horror movies all the time where the trailers are the spookiest part. Yeah. I mean, I saw some movies this week. I don't really have anything that exciting to talk about. But tomorrow, Lil and I are going to see Hamilton. Oh, nice. And we have the like pig third row seats to see that piggy. <laughs> Hamilton the pig. I don't I don't think I get that reference. I don't remember what it is. There's a pig named Hamilton and something. <laughs> uh, well, it takes me back to for my 21st birthday. Stephen and I saw Hamilton in Chicago, and it was kind of the trip that helped Stephen cement his moving to Chicago. Absolutely. Um, really formulative time. And I just want to touch on for a second. Mm-hmm. When we saw Hamilton... It was when it was touring places or like Chicago was the first place that it was touring outside of New York. So it was after the Lin-Manuel Miranda era. Mm -hmm. It was still really popular in a touchstone of pop culture, but it it had died down a little bit. We were a little little late to the party to see it. The public opinion on Hamilton and Lin-Manuel Miranda has kind of shifted. Has it? You're not not kind of annoyed with him now. Are they over it? I think they're over it and they're over Hamilton. And I think Hamilton came out before the Trump presidency. Sure. And I think we don't really like the type of Americana that it's presenting to us quite as much anymore. Sure. We don't really want to celebrate the founding fathers, even if they are put on as people of color in a way mm-hmm. that's meaningful. Um, but I'm still excited to see it, if anything, just yeah, to hear the music. Yeah, I still music. like Hamilton a lot. Sure. I think that the production is, is incredible. The mm-hmm. songs are really good. Mm-hmm. As much as Lin-Manuel Miranda, all of his songs at this point you are very him, and that can be a little distracting. Like, I'll say in Moana, some of those songs are very Lin-Manuel Miranda. It'll Lin-Manuel be really Miranda. interesting to see what he does as a, as a show, as a stage show next, as mm-hmm. a play. Because I think there's you think a he's chance... gonna make another play, or is he all Disney now? He's got mm. the those those big bucks rolling in his. I feel like jeans. at some point, I feel like he wants to be like modern day Stephen Sondheim type person. Sure, he I does. think he'll return to theater, and I think he'll put on another musical. And I feel like there's a chance that the third time will not be the charm. Yeah, and what well, be pressure this time? And people will be like, oh, he just can do this thing. Because even the people that knew who he was mm-hmm. when he made Hamilton didn't have the expectations on him that now he does after having a Broadway production that you made on Disney plus in yeah. everyone's home. Yeah. I agree. He did Moana's and little mermaid. So anything he does from now on is going to be un- under such a microscope. Mary Poppins returns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The in the Heights movie. Oh, Piragua. That's enough, Hamill Chat. If you want to hear our <laughs> thoughts on Lin-Manuel Miranda, tune into Chat Manuel Miranda yes. twice fortnightly at patreon.com. Where we play Fortnite and talk about Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> Podcast. Twice. The twice fortnightly's in the yeah. name. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about The Good Place. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. We're here to wrap up what we started last week, and I'm glad that we've given it this full two weeks to breathe, to really give it its time. Today we're talking about Chapter 15 of The Good Place. It's Everything is Great, Part 2. 
This episode was directed by Trent O'Donnell. Uh, before this in The Good Place, he directed our favorite season one episode, The Eternal Shriek. He did yeah. direct last week's episode, Everything is Great, part one. And he does one more episode next season, Jeremy Baramy. So Great episode. All bangers. This episode was written by a familiar name, Joe Mandy, a comedian who goes on to be a character in the last season of The Good Place. Previously, he wrote the episode Jason Mendoza, and after this, he co-writes The Burrito with Megan Amram. He writes the episode The Snowplow. He co-wrote Chidi Sees the Time Knife with Christopher Incel, uh, one of the episodes that gives this this show its name. Heyo! And he wrote the episode Employee of the Barami, which is one of the last episodes of the show. And this episode originally aired on September 20th, 2017. I have a pitch. Mm-hmm. A new thing that I want us to do on all of our podcasts, I, I like that I mentioned when the episodes aired, but I usually just leave it at that. You do. I'm going to tell the date, and we're going to just briefly call out that on this date, what the number one movie in the U.S. box office was, and what the number one album on the Billboard albums chart was on this date. See, so, September 20th, 2017? Yes. Do you want me to give you maybe a hint? I can tell you exactly what I was it? doing on this day. Do you want me to help? Do you want to see if you can come up with it? The, oh, let's give see. You like movie? a hint. But I'll give you a hint. Mm-hmm. The movie is a horror adaptation of a classic horror book that has been adapted to film before. So it was it. Yes. Nice. I gave away too much. That was that. That was good. What, what about the album, Zach? Who's the number who's one album? Spinning the ones and twos. Do you want me to tell you, or do you want me to lead you to it? Uh, can you give me a genre? It is a rap album. Okay, then 2017. I would say it is someone more indicative of this period of time than like uh, being a rap monolith. Which means that it's not damn because damn. No, came it is out not. That, that was earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Which means... It was only the number one album for this one week, so it probably came out this week. Oh, shit. Was that a little Baby? No. I'll give you one more hint. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this helps. I don't really know this album or much about this artist. The album title ends with the number two, so I'm assuming it's the second album in a series. It's not Dirty Sprite 2. That was 2015 or 14. Do you want me to tell you what it is? Yeah. It was Love is Rage 2 by Lil Uzi Vert. Nice. The number one album. On September 20th, 2017. And I think that's fun. We're going to do that yeah, in the I like future that. on all our shows. We'll do that on that 70s show and talk about what that was going was, on uh, in the That was the day 90s. after my sister's birthday. Okay. Um, and the day of her birthday, I went to visit her at her school. So, so you was... do know literally where you yeah. were on that day. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do you think you watched The Good Place that night? Or did you watch it a day or two later? I think at that point I was watching it on Hulu the day The first after. season? Oh, the second season? Mm-hmm. Nice. Let's talk about The Good Place. Let's do, Let's do it. a segment, one of my favorite segments of the week. This episode, the second half of the show, is shorter than the first half. It's only mm-hmm. about 16, 17 minutes. Do you think you're going to be able to teach us, well, explain I, to us, I'm gonna be relay to us? 100% honest with you, Please. Zach. I'm going to lay my... We always my, try to be honest here. going to just slap everything out slap and pour it, it right. all over the table. Slap. It, it's in liquid form. I entirely forgot that I had to do this until, until about right now. 45 seconds ago. So I'm not feeling great. Okay. I feel like this half of the episode jumps around a lot more than the mm-hmm. first half and is less like linear segment, for segment, a majority segment, of segment. it. Yeah. So I don't think I'm going to – I don't think that helps me. 
mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did like some of the best work I I had ever done last week. In terms is that of, true? I've already forgotten. I didn't score super duper high, but right. I I had a lot to get out in a short amount of time. So you ended I, up missing some important things, but yeah. what you got was awesome. I remember yeah. now. Mm-hmm. I was praised for that. I got a good boy and a slap on the bum. Well, everyone, you know what time it is. He's going to have 20 seconds on the clock to show us, did Steven watch the episode this week? For the audio listeners, the YouTube fans got a little something special there. That was my interpretation as a Taiwanese monk. Um, Although... Never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. Not going to say anything yet. I will say something later. <laughs> <laughs> that was that. That's what that was. So yeah, whoever... after that five seconds of excruciating silence leading into yeah. the segment music, that's why you should check out the video version of this <laughs> podcast on our YouTube channel, <laughs> Can't Disappoint Podcast. Check it out. Yeah, watch us. See what anime figure I got. Yeah, the live I got Steven a Boma. cam 24-7. Hey-o. You can see where he is all the time. We're watching. You've got 20 <laughs> seconds. Are you ready, my friend? I guess. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, go. It's uh, version 2.0 of the neighborhood, and Jason just awoke and was given the same identity, but this time with a best friend soulmate who's also silent, his nightmare, someone who follows him around silently all day. Um, that's torture for him, but he finds a way to escape and ends up seeing Janet and confessing everything to her. Meanwhile, Chidi and Eleanor meet up afterwards. Stop. After the party. Fuck, oh you're kidding me. Oh my god. You're shitting you me, Zach. You spent 16 seconds talking about Jason. You're, but uh, Zach, bullshit. That was not 20 seconds. I refuse. I refuse to believe it. You started early. No. There's no way. I said two sentences. I always say three, two, one, go, pause, start. Zach, I said like a sentence. You said a lot more than you think you did. Oh, you went shit. on about Jason for too long and you got a lot of detail. I kind of like how we got this episode from Jason's perspective. But if we want to talk about runtime, Jason's portion of this episode is like five minutes, Damn. six minutes. Less Damn. than half of the episode. You've wow. gotten less than half of the episode, Oof. which should be less than half of the score, which yeah. should be an F. Uh-huh. However, I think you didn't say anything poorly. You just wasted a lot of time on one thing. So I'm not going to give you an F. I think I'm going to give you a, a D plus. I think I got about a third of the episode. So thank you for that, Zach. A Very D plus. Generous. Because I yeah. think you just really biffed this segment in, in all ways today. Yeah, that was bad. That you was one like of my worst in a while. You like to argue on a lot bad. of our podcasts that your off-the-cuff nature is what makes this uh, this segment what it is and, and mm-hmm. why it's successful. I think usually you're right, but today was an argument towards why it isn't. That was bad. So feel really bad about yourself. That was a bot job. Dolores, write down that Steven should feel shamed. Thank you. <laughs> Let's do trivia. I've got five questions for you. <laughs> I've got six for you. Why did I laugh like a child anime villain? I'm not sure. I thought you were about I to tell like me I was about you to also forgot Yu-Gi-Oh trivia. Cards. <laughs> uh, so go first. Um, Where is Luang from? Oh, my God. Uh, Mongolia? Racist. They're from the Lubini zone of Nepal. 
Nepal, comma, Mongolia. <laughs> <laughs> is Nepal in Taiwan? No, Nepal's its own country. I'm really sorry to all of our Nepalese so <laughs> listeners. Ne- Nepalese. For all the Nepal babies. They they <laughs> call Jason a Taiwanese monk yes. a lot in the first season, but they said that they're both from the Lubini zone of Nepal. So yeah. he's not Taiwanese, he's Nepalese. Well, maybe saying he's a Taiwanese monk, he like did his monkery in Taiwan. Sure, okay, I'll take it. I think that's the loophole. My first question for you, when Jason tampers with Lu Wong's bike... What does he send him to get at the store? Well, he sends there's, there's like some kites over there, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, I want to fly a kite." It's That's a, kite. a really cute moment. You got it. What does Michael order the monks from Janet? A yak's milk. Two yak's milk, please. Two yak's milks. It looked really thick and yellow, off white. Yeah, kind of. I think a that beige, was a beige color. <laughs> <laughs> This version of Janet's still rebooting. She doesn't know the difference between Yak's milk and, and <laughs> so Yak's So comes semen. out of it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, next question. What does Vicky have to look forward to as the character of Denise? This is similar to my question. Okay. Um, but she's got something great coming. In the so you better get it right. She's got a great pizza lady arc coming. That's all you got? I mean, do you... If I give more details, my question will be a moot point. But she's but got a if great you don't give more details, in my question years. would be wrong. Okay. And Where that is Chidi yeah. accidentally. Yes. This is the question. This is what I was trying to get you to. Yeah. Chidi accidentally. Mm-hmm. He sure um, does. Does what? Okay. Something with his plot. Oh, he he kills her dog. He runs her dog over. Very wrong. Her cat. Her cat. Her cat. He runs her cat over. He kills her cat. He kills accidentally her cat, kills her not cat. Not run over. Accidentally kills her cat. You got yeah. there eventually. <laughs> um, well, my next question was, when is the Great Pizza Lady arc coming? But I had eighty years answered years. that. So I'm going to give you a different one. Eighty years. Um, and I couldn't remember his name. But what was Eleanor's soulmate's job? I'm not sure his name either. I kind of just want to call him Chad. I want to call him Trent, so that works. Trent might be closer to right. Mm-hmm. What is his job? What does he talk about? Oh, like about as a job? demon, as a yes, demon. Yes, he's a correct. stretcher. He's a twister. He's a twister. He's a twister. He, he's in the, he takes works people in and the he twists them until department. they mm-hmm. break in half. He's a twister. He's a twister. My next one for you, how many times has Eleanor's soulmate, let's call him Trent, uh, how many times has he gone off to the gym? Uh, You know, only three. Or nine. Well, it was five, no, five, nine. No, nine. But nine sorry. was the answer. Nine. I tried to be cute with it. Keep trying, What did buddy. Jason and Pillboy used to do together? He mentions a few things. Well, one of them is my question, so that's the one that I definitely know, is that they used to throw old batteries at drones. Mm-hmm. They also got high together. Uh-huh. And I don't remember what One more, a little bit more, more romantic one. They used to... Listen to Sade together. Ooh, very romantic, but not what we were looking for. We were looking for Walk Together. Oh, okay. That's but not you got that two romantic. out of three. Hey, I Dolores, give give him a give him a gold, good old uh, two thirds pence for that one. You're not to speak to Dolores. We've discussed <laughs> this. Okay, so I only have one more question. What new torture device are Sean's demons trying out? Oh, the, the good old the fashioned butt spiders. A little more specific. A little more specific. Butthole spiders. There you go. There Very you important. Because a spider on your butt is one thing, but a, a spider in your butthole is another I would thing die. entirely. I, yeah. I I don't do well Quite with horrible. spiders. I can, like, tough it out, but spiders and me are not the, not the move. 
Um, what did Michael tell Sean that Eleanor did after getting drunk? <laughs> that she hid a flask in her driver's test. Or she no. smuggled a flask into her driver's test. Well, that's Wrong something scene. that happens. Tell me the question again, please. What did please. Michael tell Sean that mm-hmm. Eleanor did after getting drunk? Oh, that she flashed somebody. One other thing. She said a bunch of crazy stuff. I forget what... I forget. Yeah. Zach, will you please tell Dolores to give you most credit, but not all for this one? The answers were talked for an hour and flashed somebody. Dolores, Steven said full credit for me. No, 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 <laughs> no, credit. no, Dolores. She can't hear you. She, you she... Dolores is in a tunnel right now. Only <laughs> She can only hear me. <laughs> Let's talk about this episode. It's the second half of Everything is Great. We really liked the first half last week. And unfortunately, I think I, I think I like the first half just a little bit better, but Agreed. only because there's a lot of intrigue. There's a lot of questions asked. Uh, what I do like about this episode, Everything is Great Part 2, which I still like quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Like, of all the episodes so far, it still is probably in the top half. What I like about this one is how the first two episodes of Season 2 are just like a speed run of the first season of The Good Place. Yeah. And while it's speed running the humans, we also get to see what the demons are doing on the other side of it, which I think is really fun to see from that perspective. And also what I really like about this as an episode, I think of the whole series, this episode ends with the first, how are they going to do more? What are they going to do? Are they going to just do this again and again? I think that the ending of the episode saves it a little bit not that it was in danger of being a bad episode but i did at some point remember feeling like okay i've seen this exact sequence of things happen four times now i'm ready for something else to happen and then something else happens so they they immediately quench my thirst um but i do like the first half a little known as a very thirsty boy i'm often looking for for something to whet my whistle especially when zach's not around but I, I think that I love getting to see the first chunk of the episode from Jason's perspective because we haven't gotten a lot of great Jason stuff in a while. But especially the end of the episode, Jason's, yo, Holmes, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> it's really funny um, because Michael's like, fuck. At this point, he knows it's blown. So Michael I, it's wants really this good. chaos sequence. And then there kind of is one at the end, but it's like at his expense, all the yeah. stuff he's been doing comes back to bite him in this big sequence. It's really fun. And it really, truly just feels like a, a speed run of the first season finale, but with even more chaos going on, I really like it. Let's talk about the episode through because that's a good segue into the Jason segment of the episode. Mm-hmm. And it's not how it starts, but I think the Jason segment is really cool because for a few minutes this becomes a silent show and they get to do something kind of totally stylistically different from yeah. anything they've done. It's kind of like this episode almost has the vibe of like Simpsons episodes as, as a whole. These two episodes feel like those Simpsons episodes that have four separate stories mm-hmm. and each one can kind of play with the format of the show it's in a little. Yeah. And they really do that and take advantage of it really well with Jason's part of the story. Um, this episode starts with Jason waking up in Michael's office. He's welcomed into the office or he wakes up and he's welcomed into Michael's office and he is immediately welcomed as Jianyu and Michael gives him the whole now I know you were a monk. Do you want to stay quiet here speech? And I think Jason's face acting or Manny Jacinto as Jason through all of this of the dumbfounded yes I do want to stay silent (laughs) through all of this is really really sweet it's kind of a nice change of pace too because the first three stories were pretty 
I don't know, there's a lot of out loud disdain, but Jason's is all kind of internal. We see yes. him kind of trying to sneak away or like kind of being annoyed, but we don't hear him necessarily say it the whole time right away. Like Chidi's very clearly in a bad situation. Tahani's complaining about her soulmate from the beginning, but this one is kind of a little bit more of a slow burn. I mean, five minutes, but a, a slower burn comparatively. And I think that that's kind of a fun change of pace. Well, it's a suffer in silence situation for the character in the show nice that can't shut up. Mm-hmm. All he wants to do is say the first thing that comes to his mind all the time. And he can't, that's which great. is torture. It's perfect torture for Jason. We learn a little bit more, even though it's all fake because this is the bad place, about how soulmates – and I, I had the thought in this episode with the soulmates. I don't know why I hadn't thought about it before. What if – some? what happens when you die and you were married in life? Are you automatically paired with your partner in life or do you maybe Not get a soulmate, soulmate that's better suited for you? I think that in a situation where you're not married to your soulmate, which is I think a lot of people on yeah. the planet, you, you end up with someone else in the good mm-hmm. place. Interesting. And your spouse ends up with someone else too, maybe. Because unless you guys died together, it'd be tough for you to end up. How much would it suck if you hate your husband and you die and you go to heaven and you're stuck with each other because that's what happens in heaven. You're with your loved ones by marriage, but you hate each other. That'd be torture. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, yo, uh, can I uh, can I chat, chat real quick with you? Yo, JC. Oh. <laughs> let me, let me <laughs> hey, get a sidebar. I, I really love what you're doing here. I yeah. think you're love your doing work. good stuff. I, the hair and looks I don't want to complain. Don't want to be that guy. Don't. It's not me. It's not not in my nature. You know that. That's why I'm here. Um, and I never do this. But is there any? Are there any other like seats available? Like I just don't want to be this close to the just bathroom. Just on the down low. I fucking hate this bitch, and I yeah, don't want to like, spend ten thousand. You, and them. you've seen him. He he was probably barely barely made the cut. Yeah, right? come on. Barely. Really? Just, did just you see? I him. could probably tell you a couple things that might change your mind on on that one. If yeah. you just want to want to get him on out of here. <laughs> Jason meets his soulmate, and we learn that soulmates aren't always romantic. Sometimes they're platonic. And in Jason's case, it's more than just a platonic uh, friendship soulmate because it it is two souls that are connected in ways that, that few people ever could be. Uh, but it's just that he's being tortured by being paired with another guy who's completely silent, another monk. This guy's name is Luong. Where did you say he was from? And all of this is in quotation marks because it's all the just made up. Limbini, I believe, region of Nepal. Nepal. They share an identical soul, so Jason will never have a single moment of loneliness, which for a second, you can see how this seems nice to Jason to get this best yeah. bud, as Michael uses that phrase. Uh, but very quickly, we see him get stuck in a routine that's very boring, very too plain for the Jason that we know. Jason and Luong eat together. I really like this whole sequence, the, the quiet sequence, them eating <laughs> rice out of a bowl. Uh, is really that's what it is, right? I yeah. assumed. Yeah, they're eating rice out of a bowl. They make what do you what do you call the designs that they make with stones? I don't know what the name for that is, but that was a really funny visual. Boobs. It was really funny. They ride bikes together. And Jason, in this moment, sends Luong off as they're in, like, the town square, the main area of town. Sends him off to get a kite at the store, and he tampers with his bicycle, which Mm -hmm. leads to him removing the gear that he then gives to Eleanor. We see that angle of this moment. This was one of the good moments of seeing something for the third or fourth time. He hands the bicycle gear to Eleanor, the mystical amulet 
from the previous episode. But immediately, Michael, of course, shows up to interrupt the two and sends Jason off, sends Eleanor off different directions. So Jason takes off on his bike, finally escaping Luong, because Luong can't follow him. His bike, in a really funny <laughs> cartoonish visual, the wheel just stays put as he pulls the rest yeah, of the bike away. Yeah, that was really away. funny. Well that done. really funny. So he's free. Department there. Jason can be by himself in his home, but when he shows up, because Luong is this like magical demon or whatever, he's <laughs> yeah. already at the door, just waiting for him. So back to the same routine. They they eat together. Everything. They're just stuck in this. Cut to Michael running into the two monks at the party. This is where we get the really funny Janet yak milk moment. And even in this episode that shows us, no matter how you shuffle the cards certain pieces are always going to fall together you immediately get the vibe that janet and jason are one of those things that are going to immediately come together yeah when she first appears he kind of looks at her like wow who is this beautiful amazing thing (laughs) (laughs) so he introduces janet to them and it's really funny and torturous how he's like you can ask her for anything you want you just have to say it but you guys won't want anything so you'll probably just leave it at that so jason could get whatever he wants but he literally can't speak it's brilliant on michael's end jason i always want to call the actors by their character names manny Mm. jacinto's comedy with the drinking of the milk and spitting it out is really funny he mm-hmm. did a good job there. I'm sure that was not fun. Whatever was in the cup, I'm sure it wasn't fun to do that. <laughs> Even the way it poured out of his mouth was like the perfect visual. They did a good it job. It just looked so solid. I And Jason, when he has the yak milk, he looks over to Eleanor pouring the shots and he's like, yeah. come on. <laughs> so then it's speech time and this is one of the chaos sequences of the episode that's not what Michael wanted, but what was was given to him instead. It's speech time. Of course, this leads to Eleanor and Tahani fighting as Tahani takes the stage away from her. Eleanor, like the very end of last week's episode, saying, I got her off the stage. Tahani gets up. She's fine. She excuses herself. She's kind of apologetic about what mm-hmm. just happened. I even have, she has a shrimp in one of her cargo pants pocket or cargo jacket <laughs> pockets that she pulls out and flops around. And this is the end of this segment because Michael, and kind of in a way that, I don't know, that you don't quite expect Michael to know that this is going as sour as it is at this point. Yeah. Right? Because his what the fork is happening, it, it doesn't come out of nowhere, but it's a little quick. It is. It's it's like, oh, Michael's really thrown off by Onto something. So now we get kind of the fifth reawakening sequence, but but this time it's from Michael's perspective. So we go all the way back to the beginning of last week's episode where he's preparing to tell Sean about the launch of the second version of The Neighborhood and and telling Sean he won't let them down and... And and we see all these little cuts of, of Michael telling Eleanor to give the speech and showing mm-hmm. Tahani her place and her, her soulmate and giving Jason the yak milk and then laughing with the other demons to the side and, yeah. and, and kind of smirking at Chidi's situation, how befuddled he is with his soulmates. Uh, but he's taken out of that by Vicky, who <laughs> takes Michael away to a room to discuss some of her qualms with the situation. And I think this scene's kind of one of the highlights of the episode. I do, too. It was probably my favorite part of the episode. I thought it was really funny. Of all the things that we get to see from another perspective, we get the backstory to Vicky's limp, which I think we could all figure it was just her trying to get some more details of her character. Something. but. But she comes to Michael. She's really upset. Michael's trying to assure her at first. I like when he's like, you have a cat and that's cool. <laughs> that's you run the I most, p- the best pizza place in town. 
Vicky feels like she was so well suited to torture Chidi. And one thing I noticed in this scene is that immediately they've completely removed this Vicky character from real Eleanor, who was yeah. so sweet and cute and who you could maybe see the love connection with Chidi. She's a different thing now. Absolutely. And the actor in the writing really pulls that off. To, it's you're done almost so like, oh, well. yeah. I, real Eleanor is like a foggy memory to me at this point. Yeah. But it was her. It, just the the way that she plays the turn, similar to how Ted Danson plays the turn in Michael. She does mm -hmm. a really great job. Angelique is a hack. I can act circles around her, but I have nothing to do. I am a Ferrari, okay? And you don't keep a Ferrari in the garage. Michael tells her about her upcoming storyline, but it's a long, long time from now. And that's not good enough for her. So she demands that she could limp, that she has a limp <laughs> as part of her story. And first Michael's like, it's the good place. Why would you have a limp? Why would you but have a limp? He doesn't want to argue with her anymore. So he says, go nuts. Limp your heart out. <laughs> and, and she does. She limps over to Chidi. We don't see it, but that's the moment where Angelique comes up and interrupts her, right? As she's about yeah. to tell the story of her limp. Meanwhile, Michael's checking in with Bomba John and this other character, this girl whose name that we know is Jessica. That was like her neighborhood name last week, mm -hmm. who, who tell him that Eleanor hasn't been drinking, that they're having trouble finding people. That's when Michael says, Eleanor's not drinking. She took a flask to her driver's test. Which is wild behavior, but that tracks. It's a funny th I wish we would have started in season one to to just keep like a journal of the Eleanor details that we yeah. get. Just, just, it's one of those details that fills in the true picture of who <laughs> Eleanor was when she was alive. Michael's not concerned about the, the issues so far because he knows that the speech will work. Eleanor will get drunk or she'll fluster the speech and they'll be able to create a chaos sequence out of it and they'll kick it off just like version one. This almost has some meta context of like when a TV show tries to do the same successful thing that it did the first time when it returns mm -hmm. and they do all the same things but for whatever reason people don't react the same way yeah. this time i think it's really clever yeah i think so too it's a really really smart observation there zach i like that i like that points Thank to you, you. Ten, Thank you. 10 points Dolores. a lot of points Dolores, coming to me put those points in Dolores. <laughs> so michael thinks the speech is gonna get it all set off the way it's supposed to, but Tahani gives the speech instead and makes a fool of herself while Eleanor looks pretty good to everybody. Mm -hmm. So during this, while Tahani is causing the fire and Michael's checking on her, it gives Chidi a chance to grab Eleanor during this distraction and take her away to have a conversation. This scene was another one of my favorite moments in the episode. Me too, and I think that it's really smartly written and fleshed out. I appreciate when a show's writers like come up with an idea and like, okay, cool. We'll have this happen here. And I'm sure someone in the writer's room was that person that was like, well, why would this happen? Or why did that work? And they, they always have a reason for it. And they I think do. one of this episode is very clever. And it makes sense. Also really clever, I think, is that earlier in this two-parter, Chidi finds this information and is like, I don't have the mental capacity for this right now. Mm -hmm. Now he's had time to go away and think about well, why was it on a page of this book that I so deeply know? Yeah. That has to mean something. And he has time to stew on it. So when he does info spiel to Eleanor, I was a moral philosophy professor. I taught this book. We've got to be connected somehow. It makes sense. Yeah. I think an important thing that he says that I that I like that they put in there and kind of helps move this story along and make it more believable that they would figure out what's going on so soon 
is he's like, this is like far into the book. So either we were really far into <laughs> working on this or he's ripped a random page out. And she's like, uh, no, that I mean, sounds I probably more just like ripped. me. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's knows. really funny too. Just like it's, it's his counterpoint to Eleanor's moment last week when she says, I don't trust anyone but myself and myself tells me to trust you. So I do. Mm-hmm. And Chidi's like, well, I don't trust anything either, but I do trust my philosophy. And yeah. I don't think that would be a part of this if I wasn't, deeply connected to this somehow mm-hmm. it's really smart of chidi and it's a good moment for him yeah uh, when chidi's kind of been the wet noodle these two parts between his soulmates it's nice <laughs> truly to see this moment and it's so cute and also very funny all of the eleanor misinterpreting chidi's help is flirting <laughs> and her always making sure to say that definitely sounded like a pickup line and i'm not not interested but we need to figure this out first he knows that he's never seen eleanor before but somehow they know each other and that's where we leave that for a moment to mm-hmm. cut to another scene that i really enjoyed and i I do think I enjoyed this episode actually quite a bit because I Mm -hmm. love the scene of Michael having a meeting with all the demons in a side room. (laughs) And I just love the idea that Michael's mad at all of them for not following around the humans the right way, for doing their job the wrong way. But they're all there right now talking about it. Yeah. He's like, wait, what? (laughs) So they're having a meeting with Michael. Tahani's speech doesn't work, even though they say that it does, because they can't build a chaos sequence off of that. Mm -hmm. Tahani thinks she belongs there. So there's no reason for there to be universe signs to make her think that she doesn't. Nobody knows where Eleanor is, and they suggest that she might be with Chidi or Jason, which Michael's like, what? Chidi? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's so funny, because of course... The demons would get distracted because there's like fire and somebody like having a meltdown. Yeah. They're evil. They're like, oh, I got to get a load of this. I think that's really smart writing and really funny. Well, just like putting them all t- all together was a mistake in the first one. Making all of these demons be really intricate parts of their stories that have mm-hmm. to be on at all times is his mistake this time. Yeah, I agree. None of the demons are doing a good job sticking with their humans. Michael's really upset. Eleanor's soulmate, Trent, I suppose, shows up off to the gym again. Like He's like, I just told her I'm off to the gym again. But Michael <laughs> meant the gym thing, obviously, as an example. Not a catch-all. But <laughs> this demon isn't a, isn't a human knowledge database like Michael is. So what is he going to say? He doesn't know what a boyfriend's going to go off to do. He'll say the one thing he was told. He's like, I was perfectly happy in the twisting department. Yeah, people came in and I twisted them until they're in half. I (laughs) thought that was really funny. He rushes off to the gym again because Michael's not listening to how he would like to do the (laughs) classic torture. And this is one of the jokes across this episode that I actually think gets funnier every time it happens because by the last time here, the way he rips off his clothes is so, like, fluid. Like, they just dissolve off of him. It's a really (laughs) funny visual. He's off to the gym. These demons aren't sure of this plan anymore. Everyone wants to go back to what they like to do, just torturing humans the way that they always have. And Michael sends them out with, I think, kind of Michael's most terrifying moment of the episode. Okay, we can still pull this off. We just need to find the four humans, okay? Okay. (laughs) Right now. Everyone in this room, find those four humans! Yeah. He, like, really... is a nice, like... Dug deep. Anger for that. It's a great moment. Now we cut to... 
Eleanor and Chidi are at Eleanor's house, and Chidi has had all of this info dumped on him about Eleanor, that she doesn't belong here, that she got the note, that she knows something is going on. And this makes Chidi question if he's supposed to be here. And I love the how quickly he always goes to the almond milk excuse I think every that's time. that's so funny. That that's one of his inherent character traits is that he's really <laughs> he's like, he feels oh, no. guilty about that he liked to use almond milk he's so guilty about that that's that's just what he always assumes it's really funny they don't know what to do but they're starting to learn that they're doomed if they don't do anything so they've got to figure something out meanwhile at night jason is lurking around the neighborhood and summons janet another really great moment in the episode mm-hmm. here he confides in her who he is and how he shouldn't be there. I love the little Jasonisms like, we were going to live in a yogurt, a yurt. Yeah, yurt for short. For short. <laughs> that was so cute. Jason asks if he can go back to Janet's place to avoid his home, and we get the boundless void moment. Can I go to your house? I don't have a house, Jason. I live in a boundless void. Can I go there? No. It's a boundless void. Okay. It was so cute when Jason asked you because it was kind of like a little kid that's like, my mom's mad at me. Can I stay? Like, <laughs> yeah. He was asking like his grandma or something. He's that's like, funny. I got in trouble. Can I stay at your house or that's something like really that? Funny. Like, it's really cute. Janet tells Jason, really like emotionally mature of Janet to explain to Jason, oh, I'm gathering that you're feeling like this because of this. Mm-hmm. I know a place that I could take you that could help you. Jason hugs her. And she says, why did you do that? And they have the little interaction that they always do. But this version of Janet hugs him back. Yeah, it's cute. And it's funny the way that Janet says, okay. And then at the end, after another hug, Jason says, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. Jeannie, meanwhile, has put together that they must have studied philosophy together. I think this is actually the scene we were talking about a second mm-hmm. ago where uh, where Eleanor has a funny line. Yeah. Michael shows up at the door, and it's so fun to watch this happen because Michael doesn't know that they know anything. So he still thinks he can use all of these excuses to cover stuff up. Yeah. But they're so on to it already that Michael coming in and being like, oh, great, you've met each other. Sorry for the hubbub. Let me take Chidi out of here. It's just mm-hmm. looking so frantic and yeah. messy of Michael to be doing things the way he is. Well, and then, you know, Chidi's one of his soulmates shows up and mm-hmm. then everyone's just arriving. Tahani at- shows oh. up to give Eleanor's sash back, which yeah. is like totally fucked because tahani on day two is already feeling bad about the way that she acts towards people (laughs) and apologizing for it oh yeah tahani says she's even come around to to liking cargo pants a little bit and i really like her line where she says oh god what's happened to me i'm praising off the rack separate When her uh, soulmate shows up and Eleanor is like, mm. is there, are there two of them to stack up? Is there a second so one of them that stands on his shoulders? <laughs> and of course, like you said, Chidi's soulmate also shows up conveniently. And then Janet pops in and brings Jason and says, Eleanor, this person would like to speak with you privately about something. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> it's just all awful. And watching Michael see all of this unravel is a lot of fun. Eleanor thinks this will solve the amulet. She's really excited to see what's going on here now that the monk is there. Michael tries to send the two monks off, and Jason snaps. He doesn't want to be sent off. This isn't his best bud, Pillboy. This is some boring monk guy. (laughs) And he just gives, like you brought up earlier, the most perfect Jason 
brain fart of everything he had been keeping up this whole time <laughs> finally comes out, but it came out on day two instead of... And he's like, Pillboy's dope. We used to walk together, get high together, throw batteries at drones. <laughs> I love how much Jason loves Pillboy. They have it's such great. a cute relationship, the two of them. Truly. When they try to get married. I love it. <laughs> I do. I do. I do. I do. Eleanor immediately, I no longer think he's a wise monk. And this is probably a piece of garbage about the amulet. <laughs> I like how much that's built up as Jason's thing in the mystery of the episode. Yeah. And because it's Jason, it was just something stupid. It was just and it a works. Piece of I think it works that it's something dumb. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. Then, of course, Eleanor's soulmate shows up. And immediately when Eleanor questions why he shows up and leaves to go to the gym all the time, he's like, I'm going to go to the gym and he leaves <laughs> one more time. And that's just the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. Eleanor knows what's up here. I feel like Michael has a really funny line there when he's like, oh, I'm going to the gym again. And he's like, sure, why sure, not? Sure, why not? Yeah, of course you are. Eleanor says, Michael is forking with us. And Jason, like, like uh, I don't know, like hidden memories in the back of his head comes right up with like a prank show like a prank show <laughs> michael gives a reveal he does a, like i said it's a speed run of the first season mm-hmm. finale and eleanor reveals that she had the note in janet that told her about all this and that led her to this moment that's eleanor's mistake here yeah do you think you would have revealed that there was a note i don't think she should have i don't know but I think she's really proud if of herself you for figuring it out. We're in this situation, Zach. Would you? Would your pride get in the way? You'd be like, "Ha ha, Michael! I figured it out because of this note. I've been here before." No, I don't think I would. I think my fear would keep me from being that confident. Mm-hmm. I. But Eleanor is like that. She yeah. and was like that in the first season she's finale. She's boisterous. She wants everyone to know how she figured it out. She tells them about the note. She's watched too much Scooby Doo. She gets Janet's name wrong, and she corrects her. And Janet pops up and says hi to Jason, which is really cute. It's adorable. Michael is surprised and impressed by Eleanor, you little (laughs) so-and-so. That's a fun line. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Eleanor Shellstrop, you sneaky little so-and-so. That was some very quick thinking. I'm extremely impressed. And to be honest, I'm relieved. But now, and this works for Michael, there's an explanation for why this went wrong so fast. Because yeah. there were elements out of his control that he didn't know about. He didn't they had know a, about They had a, a boost. They had mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a, a little sneaky cheat. And just like the end of the first season, Michael shrugs it off. Okay, let's do it again. Time for <laughs> another one. Eleanor quickly eats the note. And I love Michael's villainy almost as much as in the first season finale of this episode. When he's like, that's not going to work, you little (laughs) stupid idiot. I don't know exactly how he says it, but he's just jeering at them. It's great. And he's so certain of himself. And Michael's villainy is truly taking off here because this is the beginning of him breaking off from like his bosses in his world and his business. He's no longer just a guy doing his job anymore. Now his ego is getting in the way. He's got a personal vendetta against these four, especially Eleanor. So he's going to start it again. It's time for another one. Eleanor eats the note that's not going to work. Tahani asks, she starts to ask for Michael's superior. And while she's talking, (laughs) Michael gives the snap and it's into version three. 
cut to deja vu the demons again getting their opening speech from michael for version three assuring them that this is the real time this time it's gonna work no false start sorry about that and he's like here look i'll prove it and he summons janet and says <laughs> and shows his hand so far into janet's my mouth. fan fiction pin got quite a flutter at that moment yeah it's very deep, very expansive, very stretchy. If I ever got to talk to Darcy Carden, I'd be kind of curious how they did that. Like if they she had opened to, her jaw. Well, really if she well. had to wear like a green screen thing on like half of her yeah. face, or if the whole thing, is, I don't know. I'd be curious how they did that because it's a really cool effect the way her mouth stretches. And it doesn't look as cheesy as it could. No, it doesn't. It's like all things in this show. It's like jarring. Yeah. No notes, no clues, no loopholes in Janet's mouth this time, so they're good. Someone stands up or a couple people stand up to ask questions, one of which being, I know it's not really any of my business, I think Jessica is the Mm -hmm. one who says it, but does Sean know about it this time? And we know that he definitely doesn't because Michael is like, oh yeah, he knows all about it, he's excited about it, he thinks (laughs) that the false start was funny, we're gonna get going again, let's get out there and make some miseries. And all of the demons just kind of... And I love how there are so many more angles to track in this experiment. They're the, like, workers that don't feel true to their leader anymore and don't want to do this anymore. And the leader who's seeing it all fall out underneath them but who's still desperate to cling on to it. And meanwhile are four humans and Janet who are destined to be together and to make each other better and are destined to be better than they were alive. It's just beautiful. It's awesome. I think that... This is the part of the show where I think The Good Place goes from a really creative, good sitcom to all-time great. Because the creativity combined with the actors' performances and the writing that's about to hit and the first this is a great opening to the season because it kind of leaves us like you said with like what are they gonna do? What they do with the next handful of episodes, I think, is so new to Mm -hmm. a network television show and i'm and i'm so excited to talk more about it because i i'm just so in awe of I mean, the way that michael is like overcompensating and the torture that he even is is already having to endure dealing with these four yeah is so smart and i think it's great the good place on a network totally paved the way for a lot of netflix comedies that are yeah 10 episodes long and highly serialized like Russian Doll comes to mind. It's yeah, a I was just thinking Russian Doll. Otherworldly like, like this one. And I think they have a lot to thank The Good Place for because they showed mm-hmm. how it could be done in the original way of broadcasting television, which is really cool. Yeah. I am so excited for next week's episode. Oh, yeah. Next week is one of the best episodes of the whole show. Mm-hmm. It might be like a top five whole series for me. I'm really excited. But we've got just a moment left in this one. Michael's ready to make some miseries. So he he gets ready to record to like an audio diary of himself in his office. And, and Sean calls him for an update because Michael missed a time he was supposed to update him. And Michael says what Sean wants to hear. He lies to mm-hmm. him, tells him the chaos sequence went super well and the version two is going great and this is going to be the success that the first one should have been and sean is like okay do your thing but i've got my new butthole spiders and i think the original (laughs) torture is still the way to go there will be no attempt number three so make the best of attempt Mm -hmm. number two cut to michael getting his stuff together opening the door eleanor come on in (laughs) fremulon end of episode so great they they know how to end an episode on this show true because they never end an episode with an ending. 
they always end it with the start of or before the finish of whatever's going on. And I think that's really smart writing and something that takes a lot of confidence to do. And they nail it. Well, another thing, I think there are some episodes that do kind of end with a nice ending. Mm -hmm. I feel like I remember an episode that ends with them all like having a party outside or something. And it ends on a nice beat. And I feel like because Are you thinking about like in the future? Yes. Does it end with something? That's when Michael is super depressed sad boy. So it ends with Michael being sad boy and there's like something that happens. Okay. Well, what I'm saying though is the show is so confident. Um, actually, Zach, that season, the episode does. That when the show decides to have those nice moments, they feel so earned because we don't get them very Mm -hmm. often. But this one, of course, like we said, it opens up the world of the show. You're, this is what are they possibly going to do? Do what they just did again next week? Yeah. Because a worse show would have absolutely made these two episodes of story last an entire an season. An entire season. To do a whole episode or a whole season of them stuck in the past doing the same stuff again. And this show is such a better show for not doing that. Mm-hmm. It gets through it fast in a way that's really engaging and entertaining to see things from a different perspective, but it would have been draining to watch this for an entire season. So yeah. instead they just break a, a huge massive sinkhole in the middle of their entire show for next week. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. I I'm so excited. I think honestly, Zach, the next three episodes, it's a good run. Least freaking incredible just seeing the names brings back so many memories of watching this and being just in awe of what's going on so i am Same. absolutely psyched for this season to continue talking about this awesome show well that's our conversation for everything is great part two i think we got a lot out of this two-part premiere i really really like it way more than i remember liking it when it first aired i think it's funnier i think it's exciting i think it, it really steps everything up to a new level for a season that's going to blow the roof off the place. Well, and I think that because we've seen the show and we know that they stick every landing possible, when we were watching this, I remember us being like, what are they going to do? Like, what... How can they keep this going? Because we're so yeah. excited about the end of the of the first season, the beginning of this one. And I think having the peace of mind to know, oh, they nail it. They knocked yeah. it out of the park. <laughs> then we're like, this is perfect. It's a great setup. It's a great run. You know, You're so right. I'm because we fondly remember the how are they going to keep this going next week. But it was always met with a hefty, this isn't going to work <laughs> for very long. Yeah. Like and you it can't does. Keep they doing nailed this. it. Thank God they decided and knew that this was a four season show with a complete story, a complete arc, and they did it and they mm-hmm. executed it. And that shows how much trust, rightfully, they had in a creator like Mike Schur to, yeah. to have a vision and to hear him out and to let him do it and to commit to the four seasons. And God, it's one of the best shows. And yeah, I'm so glad absolutely. that it turned out the way it did. Next week, we'll be back to talk about one of those Blow the Roof Off episodes, Dance Dance Resolution. Very excited about that. Email us if you want your thoughts read out on our show, your trivia and your good place, bad place deliberations for Dance Dance Resolution. And speaking of, let's do our good place, bad place. Let's talk about from part two, who goes to the good place and who goes to the bad place. Starting with the bad place, I'm going to give it to Vicky. I think that's a, a fair. None of this is about her. 
She's making no. it about her. Anyone in the demon area could get a bad place here, but but she is like Michael, making this about more than just doing her otherworldly job. She's making this about herself in a way that she shouldn't. I cannot argue with that at all. This week we get a really good look at a lot of different demons again, which is yeah. cool, and we get to see them torturing and get to see some new demons that we haven't gotten to see a lot in the first season. One of the funniest recurring jokes in the show that's kind of kicking off here is the demons talking passive-aggressively to each other yeah. off the side about the types of torture that they do. Just yeah, like, yeah, I, I flattened that. some penises. We get a lot of that in this episode, and it's really funny. I think it's really funny. I... I'm going to stick with Michael for two reasons. I get it. One, I think that his, like, how quick that he can switch back to his true self and just be absolutely evil to the Mm -hmm. main four is great. But also how evil he can be and mean to the other demons when he is like, go find your own idiot, you know. That's a good point. That was a nice explosion from Michael that I liked seeing today. I think Dolores... We got to give the points to Michael. Scratch Vicky. We got to give it to Michael. I think I'm avoiding giving it to Michael because it would be easy to give it to him every episode. But if there's ever a time when Michael deserves some bad place points, it is this one because we can't Mm -hmm. make the argument that he's just doing his job anymore. So Dolores, Vicky is my honorable Because he's even lying to Sean at this point. He's truly doing this with the intention of just torturing and causing as much... Ego for proving himself, for proving his idea works when Mm -hmm. it doesn't. As far as good place, let's see if we line up here. I'm going to give my good place points to Tahani Al-Jamil. Wow. Because she doesn't need a Janet note or a philosophy teacher to feel like her actions were incorrect and that she needs to apologize for them. That was all on her own. You know what, Zach? That has swayed me because I was going to go with Eleanor this week because Mm -hmm. she figured it out again. She talked with Chidi, but she didn't really do anything extraordinary this week other than forget Janet's name. Janet was my other choice this week. Because Janet I would think be good. That she's very She kind helps Jason, Jason in a really active way. Yeah. I think I am going to give it to Janet this week. Tahani is a great option. I do think I'm going to give it to Janet. That's okay. Because not only does she have the independent wherewithal to mm-hmm. bring Jason to Eleanor because like, oh, she can help you. She's she's in a similar situation. Um, but she also is is just sweet and is Janet this week and, and yeah. gives Jason a hug and says hi and opens her mouth wide to demonstrate that there's no nothing no up loopholes. her larynx and it's great. No loophole. So Janet's mine this week, but Tahani had a really good showing behavior-wise. I just really like, especially coming off of last week where she was really mean to her Mm -hmm. fake soulmate, it's good to see her in a way that she really hadn't until the end of last season to so quickly be like, I'm treating people badly. Yeah, we love growth. And and you did mention, I I recently was hearing part of our roundtable for season one and it was mm-hmm. the Tahani part and you and you mentioned a lot how much she grows before our epic rock paper scissors duel to see where she would reside at the end of the first season but she does grow a lot and this is one of those first big moments where you're like oh Tahani's like independently improving herself which is Im- impressive because she doesn't have Chidi's guidance here at all and then it's great so good for Tahani I think we might come to realize that mean Tahani is mainly a first season thing yeah 
let's wrap this up. I've had a lot of fun talking about these two episodes with you, Stephen. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And if you want to help us take it further, patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. $5 a month gets you immediate access to all of our exclusive podcasts, like our That 70s Show Rewatch podcast, all 40 episodes of Brokeback Bebop, and our weekly live You Can't Disappreciate show, including a couple of extra live streams that will just be exclusive to the Patreon for our 100th you can't disappreciate show extravaganza on So check us out on Patreon. Listen to Brokeback Bebop for free every Thursday wherever you get your podcast if you if you aren't ready to help us out on Patreon yet. And Steven, where else can the people that aren't ready to shill the money out find us? You know, if you want to just suck down our yak's milk, please come on over to Twitter and Instagram and, and follow us. Let the record the show, life. Dolores. I do not spit out yak's milk. I swallow. Zach swallows. It's. I'll take I, every last drop. I'll fucking gargle it. Oh my god, that makes my stomach turn. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, go follow us over at Into the Time Knife on Twitter and Instagram. Nope. We're also nope at Time Knife Pod yep. on Twitter and Instagram. We're also I said it right the first time. Uh, okay. We're also on YouTube. If you want to see mm-hmm. the video companion to this, see what's going on in our neck of the woods. Um, nice. I bonked my mic his... and did a Donkey Kong shrug. <laughs> that was my impression of Seth Rogen as Donkey as Kong. As Donkey Kong? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but go, go look at us on yeah. YouTube. Watch us do stuff. Nailed it. Yeah. Steven, get us out of here. From inside the time knife. Whoa. Black Lives Matter. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.